Jesus was confronted by a satyrian soldier. I, I want mind you, this man wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a Jew. But he had something that a lot of people in the church need. Okay? He had what you call pure faith. Uh, he came to Jesus. One of his servants were, was dying. He had some slaves. And evidently he thought really highly of this one servant or slave. That he went to Jesus with risk of losing his position. Because this is a Roman soldier. This is a satyrian. He's, he's like a general in the army of Rome. And there's no way possibly that a satyrian, if they, he were caught, they, they, would, they would pull his stripes off. He, they would, you know, disfranchise him, whatever you want to call it. He, he couldn't go and bow down to another god other than Caesar. <laughs> and the argument was that he came to Jesus like I said, and his, and his servant was sick. She was, it was die, he, he was dying or she was dying, okay? And it says in verse, uh, verse 5, chapter 8, Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a satyrian came to him, pleading with him. Pleading with him. You ever begged Jesus for something that was very dear to you? Oh, most modern day preachers, oh, you don't have to beg for anything. You better beg. You better pray. Please, Jesus, I need this. God, I need to be touched. I need someone that's not serving you to be saved. Somebody's sick. I need you to reach them, Lord. Listen, I'm a pleading Christian. <laughs> I said I'm a pleading Christian. I got faith, but I'm going to plead for it. Knock. You ever went to somebody's door and knocked and said, well, they're not home. They're not home. Suppose there was something in there you wanted desperately, something you needed. You're going to bang till somebody comes to the door. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. It's a constant seeking the Lord, drilling your faith, testing your faith, being persistent in what you need from the Lord. Amen? So he's pleading with Jesus. And he says... The centurion came to Jesus, pleading with him. And verse 6 says, Lord, my servant lied at home paralyzed or with palsy or he can't walk. Dreadfully tormented. Dreadfully tormented. I, I, you know, I've often prayed with people that have been sitting in wheelchairs. Look, they've like this, Brother Allen. They, their legs all turn. I'm standing on two feet. I'm pretty sure they said, boy, I wish I had what he had. <laughs> Huh? I wish I could stand on my two feet and run and worship God. And, 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 but I can't. That's a tormenting feeling. I, I know. I, I can almost imagine. Oh, I don't know, but I've never been through it. But someone that cannot function or walk or do what they need to do. You know, it's easy for me to climb some stairs. But some people have to have special equipment to move them up there. They've got, they got to crawl upstairs or they got to... You know, they have special things they have to reach up in the cabinet to get it. They can't get up like me and you. And all their life, that's what they do. They struggle. They struggle. This person was tormented. Couldn't walk. Probably paralyzed. I don't know, maybe from the neck down. I don't know what it was. But evidently, he loved this servant. Okay? Because I'm, and that's just me. 
I think, that I, I think whatever happened to him happened all of a sudden because if you wouldn't keep a servant that couldn't walk. You'd get rid of him. But this person was dear to the satyrian's heart to where he thought the need to go to Jesus, risk his own career, risk his own job, get a chance of maybe being executed for bowing down to anybody but Caesar. Now you think about the position this man was in. But he, he loved that servant. He thought it was necessary to go to that servant, I mean to Jesus, and plead for his life, plead for the servant. And Jesus, seeing his fate, well, let me go to verse 3 again. Uh, where am I? I lost my spot. <laughs> Help me. Verse, verse uh, 7. He said, come, and he says, and, and heal my servant. He's paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Verse 7 says, and Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. I will go and heal him. Jesus didn't have an argument about it. He didn't say, well, you're not a Jew. You have no right to this. This is just for God's people. But this man moved your heart of Christ. Because he said in verses uh, 8, the satyrian answered, said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. My Lord, huh? I'm not worthy that you should come under. I'm, 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 I'm a Roman soldier. I am a pagan. I am not worthy to come to you, Lord. He says, only say the word. <laughs> my Lord. And my servant will be healed. Only speak it. And he will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. Or goes, and another comes. And he comes. And to my servant, do this and do this. You know what he was telling? He recognized his authority wasn't greater than the authority of Jesus. You see... He didn't come to Jesus with the mentality, I can make him do what I want. I'm a satirian. I'm a Roman soldier. He humbled himself and realized that at his word, his servants would go back and forth, get him whatever he wanted, but he couldn't do that with Jesus because Jesus was greater than him. <laughs> you understand that? Jesus' authority was more powerful than his. And he had no right to try to make Jesus go where he didn't want to go because he realized who Jesus was. And he wasn't even, he wasn't even a, a Jew. He, wasn't, he, wasn't, he was a Roman soldier. My Lord, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? <laughs> you can't move Jesus by your words. You've you got to realize he is an authority of all things. And something about that soldier got to Jesus' heart. He said, Man, it moved the heart of Jesus. He said, look, this man's coming to me. He has no right to come to me. He has, he, he has no right to the kingdom of God. He's, he's a pagan. But yet he did something his own people wouldn't do. He had, he had a, a spirit of humility to realize, I know who this man is. <laughs> his own leaders didn't know who he uh, tried to kill him, tried to destroy his ministry. But this one pagan knew. There was something different about Jesus. I know, Lord. But I, I can tell anybody to go here and there and wherever he wanted. They, I want him to go, but I'm not going to do that with you. Because I don't have no authority over you. <laughs> you understand that? He knew he didn't have, a, he, he knew he didn't have authority. And you know, I'm just, I'm just putting words here, but that might have been that same 
centurion that was at the cross. They said, this is the Son of God. You remember when they crucified him? Yeah. That could have been the same man. For I know now that this man is the Son of God. Now, he's walking in his faith. He's operating in faith. But the, the, the people that are supposed to have faith didn't want to do it. Didn't want to operate in faith. Listen, I've gone to church for years, okay? I've watched people. I've watched people naming and claiming shake and jump and dance and jump pews. How many of you saw that? <laughs> Where all did it? <laughs> Come on. But I could see the most quiet and gentle hearts still firm in the faith, still serving the Lord. Nothing wrong with dancing. Nothing wrong with running. I love that stuff. That's not the point. Just because you can jump a pew, that don't make you a Christian. Because you jump a pew or speak in tongues, that don't make you have faith. I've watched people go through religious fads, I'm telling you. Listen, <laughs> it was amusing, man. <laughs> but yet yeah, they're not serving God today. The God is supposed to have touched them. God was supposed to have filled them there. They're experiencing God, and all of a sudden, and, and some time passed, they, they, they fall by the wayside. Then they're no longer serving God. I remember that little incident over here when I, had, when I was 12 years old. I'm going to say it again because it's, it's where I started. I know I backslid on God. I wasn't saved when I married my wife. I backslid on God. I was doing things I shouldn't have done. But I was 12 years old, sitting right there. I came with some men from Henderson to church. And I, get, I, I confessed my sins before God. And, and listen, I didn't know John 3.16 from a hole in the ground. But I knew something changed. I knew my heart was different. I knew if I die, I was going to heaven. Don't ask me how. I just knew. The confidence in, 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 in what I prayed for. I couldn't quote the exact words I said. I, I, I don't know. But I just know something was different. Because I, this centurion, he's, 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 he's acting on faith. He's acting on, 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 on what Jesus is and who he knew him to be. When his own people rejected him. The people he came to save first didn't want him. They hung him on a cross, nailed him to an old cross. Somebody say amen, Holly. And when Jesus heard it in verse 10, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Surely I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not even in Israel. What if Jesus would come today and have to give the same testimony about us? You know, Lord, I've been going to church 20 years, 40 years. I, I say, I was I gave my life to Jesus in 1972 or whatever. And he, that guy just comes to church and he, he seems to be growing and you're blessing him with stuff and, and he's, he seems to be hearing from God. What about me, God? What about me? Has your faith ever moved God? Has your faith ever moved the heart of God? Yeah. Listen, I was praying this morning, and I was, telling, I was telling my mom and Janice, I said, well, you know what? I don't want to say too much because I didn't want to spill out the beans before. <laughs> I just like to be ready to, pre to preach what I have. Okay, And if I, if I start talking about it, I kind of lose focus of it. That's just how I am. I want to be, I want to be primed up. The Lord was talking to me about faith this morning. He said, son, you know, faith 
is knowing that what I said is real. <laughs> knowing that my word is established. Knowing that there's no other way but me. I felt so narrow-minded. I'm going to be honest. I felt, when, when he showed me that, I felt like there was nothing else that mattered in the world. You ever had that kind of feeling? It's just like, like no use I go running after fads and this and that and this person and that person or that belief and that belief. Jesus was my focus. Now, I, now I've, I've understood I have to align everything that I believe, everything that I do, based on what he showed me. It has to line up with him. My faith has to base on what Jesus said. Nothing else, praise God. Listen, they can have people come and they can raise 15,000 people from the dead. But if they don't hold to Jesus as the only, they're not of God. You get where I'm coming from? Because Satan does miracles. You don't, you want, you don't believe that? Men are going to come in the last day and say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Some people think they're right with God and they're not. They're doing things and they think that is enough to say that they're right with God and it's not. It's not what miracle you do. I thank God for miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in the power of God. I believe in all. That's not what I'm talking about. That is not what my faith is on. My faith has to be based in Jesus and what he said. So when I start judging things in my life, I got to judge it based on what he said. Does that make sense? So when I look at situations in my life, I guess, well, what does Jesus say? <laughs> but it was so eye-opening. I know we heard that many a time. We talk about faith a lot of times. But I don't think we really understand what faith is. Because a lot of people say, I have faith, but don't, do they believe? <laughs> no. <laughs> they say, I believe God. I believe in God, but do they believe God? No. If our faith is what Jesus commanded us to have, we, shouldn't, we should be at peace. We shouldn't have, you know, trouble shouldn't fret our heart. I mean, we have all trouble. I'm not knocking anybody that goes through that. But there should be a peace about the God we serve that he can handle anything. There should be a peace. Not, not to be, let not your heart be troubled, the Bible said, neither let it be afraid. Believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place. Let not your heart be troubled. Why would Jesus tell us that if he wanted to be worried all the time and all fretful and, 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 and fearful all the time? Is that God? No, it's not God. Let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, rule your heart. That's what the scriptures teach, okay? Listen, if you're going through a trial, believe me, God's with you, okay? And trials happen, tests happen, our faith is being tested. But we got to go back and say, Jesus... What do you say? Huh? We're praying and we believe in God for something. Do we ever ask God, God, what does your word say? Is this your will or not? I had a, I had a discussion with a, I call him a backslidden cousin. That's what he is. I don't want to mention his name, but he was one of my cousins. He said, Lanny, he says, God gives doctors for us to be healed. He gives this to be healed. He gives that. I said, you know what? And I'm not against doctors. Thank God for them. I'm not against banks. or doc That's not what I'm talking about. But he was saying that God don't heal today. God don't do all that stuff. I, said, I told him, I said, you know what? If you would have caught me when I had, before I read the Bible, I might have believed you. 
Oh, look, <laughs> that was the end of that argument. <laughs> if you'd have told me that before I read the Bible, I would not believe you. I'd probably believe you. But I didn't read the book. <laughs> My Bible says, it is the will of God that I be healed. My Bible said, it is the will of God that he bless me and guide me and protect me. This is the will of God. This is not a lie. He was trying to lie to me. But faith is basically believing what God said. That's, that's what faith is. You got to trust that. The word of faith movement that you see today is not faith. Listen to me. They make it sound good. They're like that harling that I was talking about that was watching the shepherd over the shepherd. He's paid to do that job. He don't care about the sheep. The wolves come, he flees another way. He doesn't have the ability and the love and the devotion to watch over the sheep. The shepherd will give his life for the sheep. So when you see people that are saying, you know, you got to have faith. So a seed of $1,000, got to pay off all your bills. That's nothing but some lucres, man. Those people don't Listen, that's not the word of faith. That's not the faith that the Bible talks about. It's not a gimme, gimme faith. It's a giving, giving faith. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about of yourself. The Lord wants your soul more than your money. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. The Lord wants your soul more than your money. See, the point is that we, we, we got it flipped around. You can't be a Christian in some of these people's eyes unless you have a lot of money. Well, I'm going to hell then. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Come on, somebody. That is not the word of faith. The word of faith is when you apply your, God's word to your life and live it in every aspect of what you do. Now, sorry to say, I, I've come short of that. I have to repent of some things in my life. Because I started realizing, God, if you can do all of this, what am I doing? Why am I doubting you? Why am I so fearful? If, if, you, if I know you're able, because it's called flesh. Listen, it's hard to get that flesh out of the way. Praise God. Listen, I've been serving the Lord 30-some years. Right? I battle that ugly thing just about every day. But lately, it's been more powerful because I'm sharing something. It took me 30-something years to learn. I have to believe what God says. That's the bottom line. I don't got to run to somebody and find another answer. What does this preacher think? What does this man think? What does this, this evangelist think? Hell on that, man. What does God think? What does the Word say? The God is the, Listen, sometimes we're looking for answers outside of this book. That's why we're searching for, you know, preachers or somebody to tell us something different. My Bible says that if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Believe what? Oh, I believe already believe in Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. It's believing what he said. <laughs> Listen, I started about two years ago. Sister. I'd meet people, Christians. I said, do you believe God? Oh, man, yeah, I'll believe God. And I look at him. I said, do you believe him? <laughs> Most of them <laughs> wouldn't answer. <laughs> so what's the difference? The devil believes and he trembles. But does, the devil knows what God's word says. But for us as the believers, if we believe God, I'm not going to believe in God. I'm talking about believe God. That he promised these things in his word. We're going to hold that. That's the word of faith. 
The word of faith is not how big you can car you can drive or how big house you can have or how much money you got in your bank. That's not what I'm talking about. God has given us specifically promises in his word, and he says, this is what I got. And the Bible don't sway one way or the other. This is the promises. I promise I'll bless you. I promise I'll heal you. My promise is that I'll take care of you. You'll, you'll never be with one. Listen, most Christians are dying spiritually. They're starving spiritually. And they're struggling physically because they can't believe God. That makes sense? I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> they're struggling physically because they can't believe God spiritually. They can't hold to the word of God. Most of the time, 80% of the time, maybe more than that. Christians are defeated because they won't believe what God says. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. <laughs> All right. Let me read some scriptures to you, okay? You don't have to. Uh, I have some stuff. I'm, I'm going to read them to you, okay? Just, just close your Bible a minute. And, I, and believe me, it's in the scriptures. It's in the Bible. I just want you to hear it this morning, okay? Romans 10, 8 says, But what said it? The word is nigh unto you. The word is nigh. Listen, how close is you? The word of God unto you. Look, it's, it's right by Sister Janice. And it's right by Mom. It's right by all of us. But it's nigh unto our heart. How many of you go through stuff and stop and think of Scripture? Just about all the time. <laughs> we don't always do what it says. But the first thought for a lot of believers, especially being in church a while, when something is, they're dealing with something, the word of God comes to their head. The, the, the thing pops in there. Some scripture you might not read for years, all of a sudden pops up. How many times that happened to you? How many knows that's God? <laughs> the word is nigh unto you. God has given it. He doesn't want it to stay on these pages. He wants it in our heart. <coughs> Excuse me. He wants it. To be tattooed on our heart. He wants it engraved in our heart. I was watching a program the other day, and I was watching some of these archaeologists. They find stones that were engraved thousands of years ago. Because they were engraved, you could still read them like they just did it yesterday. You get what I'm saying? They chisel that image or word or whatever they want somebody to know, and you could go back and find it. I had... Me and Janice went to uh, Pensacola, the museum over there, and they have every major dinosaur that they know of carved on those stones. 500 years ago, the Icas, and you hear about the Icas in, over there in, in Peru? The Icas stones were found, and brother, I saw them. Them dinosaurs are, fi- are carved in the, the rock. I mean, we held them. And I said, People say, well, you know what? That ain't real. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? It's carved in stone. They had to see the dinosaur to carve it. They had to know what it looked like. And God left that message in stone because God knew that people, the people started to use the dinosaur to teach evolution, to get you away from God. So that's, that's why the Lord allowed that. The stone is powerful. When you, when you look at them stones, you see. I believe personally, that's what God does with his word. He, tat, he, st- he carves it in our heart. Not tattoo. I don't want to use the word tattoo, but carves it in our heart. 
that even if we try to run from God, it pops up. That's my hope for my, my, my children and my family, that the word that they heard, they're going to come back to it. You hear what I'm saying? Don't think that word is, word is void. It's not. All of us had kids that sat in this church. Praise God. That word that was coming over this pulpit is in their mind. Because <laughs> it don't go away that easy, Sister Heather. And they're going to come to a point when they're going to need that word. And all of a sudden they're going to remember, you know, I remember what it said in the Bible. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's going to, <laughs> that's going to come alive in them. My God, think about it. That's what I live on. For my children, I know they ain't serving God like they should. I, I got to remember that they sat under the word of God. And they got hope because of that word that was sown in there. They, they can't erase it out of, out of their mind. It's, even if they're trying to fight it, they're going to come back. The word's going to always, it's in their spirit. It's in their, their being. Hallelujah. That's how powerful the word of God is. The faith of that word. Amen. So I remember that every time I, I pray for my kids. I'm not worried about them if they don't make it. You know what? I got to believe God. <laughs> What I asked him for and for the word that was planted in their hearts and mind. That's what. Listen, it ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's about the Holy Spirit and the word of God that he promised us. Me and my house will be saved. Me and my house will be saved. You stand on that, praise God. I said it about the other day when I was preaching. He said when Moses was leaving and Pharaoh said, you can leave, but you got to leave your cattle and your other stuff. I ain't leaving with one hoof behind I'm taking everything I got. I'll tell the devil this morning. I testify. I'm not leaving one hoof in this world. I'm not going to lose one child, one grandchild, one uh, son-in-law, one daughter-in-law, whatever I have. Praise God. I'm going with it. Praise God. And I'm not leaving one. You got to pray like that. You got to believe like that. I was telling Boogie the other day. He's praying for why. I said, son, huh? well, I'm hoping. No, no, son. You pray for that wife because she's going through the same thing you're going through right now. The same devil fighting you is fighting her. So you pray for her. You pray in faith and knowing that God is protecting her because she's coming. He said, well, how? I never looked at it that way. Seriously, you think it's just you. And it's not. You got to believe. The Bible says it's not good that men dwell alone. Amen. That's why he gave Eve to Adam. It's not good that men should dwell alone. He that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. You got to pray knowing that God is doing that right now. And wherever the woman that you're going to marry, she's, she's struggling. She's fighting the same devil you're fighting. That's trying to make you feel like it'll never happen. You, it, I'll never get married. I'll never, this is, come on, somebody. You got to believe. You got to pray in faith. Say, God, take care of my wife. The chosen one, the one you've given me. Speak those things or not as if they are. They are. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? You don't pray, oh, I hope uh, I get one. I, <laughs> I hope I, the Lord sends me the money to pay this bill. I hope. Hope is good, but hope ain't exactly faith. Hope is knowing that faith is operating. That's what hope is, right? Hope is knowing that faith is active in your life. That's hope. But hope ain't hoping you got faith. <laughs> All right. Amen. I'm not going to be much longer. It says, and I'm going to read that again, but, but what saith the word is nigh unto thee, 
even in thy mouth. Oh, and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. Okay? Every preacher that stands behind a pulpit should be preaching the word of faith. Not the word of faith you hear on TV with all these, these, these gimme, Jimmy preachers. I'm talking about this morning I'm preaching the word of faith on you. I'm asking you to believe God. Come on, somebody. I'm asking you to believe God. I'm asking you to trust God. Hold to his word. That his word is sure. It'll never die. The only thing that God places above himself is his word, the scriptures say. I place my word above myself. God holds his word higher than himself. And there ain't no hiding God. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his promises. We don't get him because we doubt him. See, God's promises is always there. His word is always there. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, the Bible says. Don't think that that man will receive anything of the Lord. And this is just me, okay? I'm fixing to say something maybe I, I don't know say. I think less than 30, about 30% of the church, I'm just using estimates. I'm trying to see what the Spirit is trying to show. That most of the church doesn't pray in faith. They pray in fear. Does that make sense? They're not praying, expecting God to do it. They're praying and hoping God will do it. What's the difference? It's a lot of difference. You know, we have that hope, the soon coming of Christ. Okay, we know he's coming back. Do we have faith he's coming back? Well, I think I'm hitting a nerve. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We have faith. We hope God will heal us. But do we have faith he heal us? We hope God will bless us financially and help us. But do we have faith that God will? What is faith again? Faith is just trusting completely in what God said. No questions. It's knowing that, listen, I had faith this morning and I didn't even think about it. I'd get up, I could breathe. <laughs> Never thought about it, really. <laughs> I had faith this morning. That I'll get out of my bed, not expecting not to. Never thought about not getting out of bed. Just knew I would. Amen? Does that, am I going too, too much? <laughs> when I take that next breath, I just know it's there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think about it. Really, I, we breathe how much time today, Paul? <laughs> Me and time in a day, we... Just stop breathing once and see what happens. Mm. Come on. I, go, I can go to a hospital and pray on people for asthma or lung cancer or something. They're struggling to breathe. But I never think about it. I'm breathing. I'm, breathing, I'm healthy. I can breathe good. Those people are trying to, they want what I got and I never consider how I take that for granted. They would love to be able to breathe like I do. Or wake up and walk on my two legs. Or go out, you know, take a little coffee cup, make me some coffee in the morning. You know, most people can't, a lot of people can't do that. 
get up and open their eyes, they can see. They can go to work. You know, a lot of people can't do that. And it never, it never dawned on me, I take this for granted, man. That is because of God. Because of what he promised. Not that a lot of people have physical problems. I don't mean they're lost. I don't mean they're going to hell either. I don't mean they're doubting God either. I'm saying is that if I take these things for granted, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I, I don't enjoy them like I, I'm saying. Let me get back up myself because I'm going to go ahead of myself. What does God give you that you enjoy today that you don't even think about? That you just know it's going to, you just have faith. You're going to be able to do it. Breathing, walking, seeing, smelling, you know. Look, I'm going to close my fingers, okay? And I got these five fingers in my hand. Look, I can, I can turn any page I want with them. Can I do it without it? You take your, things like that, we take for granted. That we can, we can do these things, you know what I'm saying? Now, just think if we look at faith that way. <laughs> just think if we believe God that way. That's going to happen. I ain't going to worry about it. I got my fingers. I can turn these pages. I can, I can, I can do the walk. I can do it. Just think if we just had confidence in our faith that way. I ain't, I'm not worried about it. It's coming. I, I'm not worried about it. I mean, God's got it. <laughs> Why should I be fretful about it? God's, God's promise. God's not a liar. God, God's going to do what he says he does. That's what I'm talking about, okay? When I'm, I'm trying to talk about true faith. That our faith is in the Lord and what he said. And complete confidence. <laughs> yeah, you got it, bro. Complete confidence in what he said. Same as you have confidence. You can breathe. You don't, even, you don't think twice about it sometimes. You don't think about, like I said, walking or using your hands or using your feet or, or doing all the things we do every day. We, we, you know, just lose one of them. Just lose one hand. Just lose one eye. Just lose one ear. See, everything is balanced in the body. See what I'm saying? You got to have both eyes. You got to have both ears. You got to have both hands. Everything in the body is balanced. But if we, do, we, we take it for granted, that's there every day. We don't ever question, you know, it's not working. Get sick. I'll bet you you question it. Start getting some, some kind of disease, and I hope to God it never happens. But just think how it, it, it makes you impaired. Well, that's kind of like what faith's like. When we start doubting God, we're kind of like we have a, a, a hand missing or we have a, a foot missing or we have, you know what I'm saying? An eye missing. We, we, we're out of balance. We're out of balance. Let me close your Bible. I want to I pray. I want to ask you today, do you feel out of balance in your faith today? I believe this is the Lord today. Because God has never revealed that to me ever. About our faith being out of balance. I've never even preached it. I've never even thought of it. My God. Is your faith out of balance? Come on. Is your faith out of balance? 
Is, is it pulling you like, like that, that, you know, you got to line up your car in front of your, uh, your automobile out of line. It pulls it to one side. Listen, especially if it's a, a lot out of balance. It don't feel good. You're constantly having to pull, the, you know, the car back, you know. Let's all stand up, seriously. I, I think this, this is what the Lord wants, okay? I'm not going to, I, I want to pray with you. I've never in my life as a preacher ever considered what I said this morning about faith being out of balance. A man limps because he got one foot hurt or leg broken or missing. And even if he's got a, a fake leg, you can still tell he's got a leg missing. How many of you limp before? Listen, I've been twisting my foot a few times, and that's the most horrible. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm dying, man. Because something's wrong. Something is wrong. My body, my body is built to function in balance. Two hands, two feet, two eyes, two ears. Right? One of those are missing. The rest of the body's going to know. How do, how, and I'm going to bring it back to this. How many of you, our faith is like that? God help us. I'm here today to help you to believe God. This whole thing of me coming back here, Sister Ethel, and I know it now, is to help you to believe God. While I am believing Him, I am growing in that area. If your faith is out of balance, you're not going to get anything from the Lord. Sometimes he brings us in a place where he's trying to teach us, okay? Uh, I've seen people fail over and over again, and I say, why? They go to church. Excuse me. They, they pray. <laughs> they love God. They, they, they're doing what they need to do, but why is there, why is there so much failure in their life? Why they, why they can't seem to grab a hold of God's promises and grace? Because their faith is out of balance. One side of them wants to believe and the other one wants to doubt. Their part of their mind says it's right and the other one says, no, it ain't right. Double-minded man is unstable. And all. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been in that boat, okay, because I'm not preaching to you something I haven't dealt with. Just lately, and I'm ashamed of myself, just lately I started to understand that faith has to, has to work in my life. If it don't, I'm not going to have victory. And if, and if I'm out of balance, I'll never get anything from God. Sure, God shows us a little mercy. He works with us like a child. child a child, you know, he constantly wants to fight the mom and dad. But the dad and mom and dad still works with him. They discipline when needed. And they, they do what they have to do. But when it comes down to believing what God said, you'd be surprised how many Christians don't. I've had to ask God to forgive me. Please, y'all. I had to ask God to forgive me. Oh, God, please forgive me. I doubt it. I said I was believing, but I wasn't. <laughs> if I knew that God that created all the universe could do it, then I, I wouldn't be at fear like I was. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, my faith wouldn't be wavering. I wouldn't be going back and forth. Like a, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what, what a lot of our faiths are? It's kind of, you ever put water in a sink and you flash that water back and forth? <laughs> 
That's kind of what our faith, waving back and forth. You know, it's never, it's never going to stay calm till you stop and say, hey, I don't want it to move anymore. I just take my hands out of it and let God, <laughs> let it settle. She was like, going back and forth. Lord, let's pray. God, forgive us. Forgive us that our fate has been all of balance, Lord God. God, I thank you for the revelation of fate this morning. The true word of faith. The faith that changes lives, Father God. The faith that changed our lives. God, there's nothing you cannot do, Lord God. Nothing's impossible for you. How many times have we quoted that, y'all? Seriously. But yet we went back and we failed. We doubted God. If God is all that he says he is, we shouldn't worry about anything. We shouldn't doubt God. We shouldn't, listen, God, you promised me. If I asked you, you would give me. I'm asking for my children. They'll be saved. Yes, they'll be. I'm asking for my job. I'm asking for my finances. I'm asking for my health. I'm asking for somebody else's health. I'm asking for somebody else. You know, there should never be a spirit of doubt. The Lord told me this morning, he said, you make sure you teach them to believe me. Well, can't we talk in tongues? Yeah, you can, but that's not where we're going to go this morning. That's wonderful. Tongues is good, but that's not, that's not what our problem is. Can't can, can, can we dance? And stuff? Oh, dance all you want. Rejoice all you want. That's fine. I, I love dancing, but that's not what you need. You need to believe God. <laughs> not believe in God, because I believe everybody in this building believes in God. That's, not why, that's why you're here this morning. But to believe Him. <laughs> 